anyway, um, I said, well, you ought to do streams on the DVD. You should put up like a menu item. Where are they now? You know, because like all those bands, like all these militant straight edge bands, SSD control and negative effects, like, they all turned heavy metal. All of them. Every single one of them. Was it the Give It Away record? What was that? What was that? Game Dream. Game Dream. That was it. Yeah, how we suck. Yeah, that was subs were coming through Boston and it had to be uh, 78 I guess probably and um, we went, went up to uh, the place they were playing to see the show and I wanted to get an interview see if we can interview with uh, Charlie Harper and Nikki Garrett right. and um, they were like our idols you know when they were 17 yeah. and um, we're just like these innocent Cape Cod kids you know and these guys are like punk rock heroes of ours and and then we get in the club, okay, you know, the interview, and we see Charlie and Nikki over there, and Charlie, and Nikki's with all these spikes and nails and shit coming out of his leather jacket cool. and stuff, and Charlie's there, and they're like, how do we approach that guy? <laughs> anyway, it's so like, we're like all timid, like, yeah, excuse me, are you like Charlie and Nikki? Uh, we'll, we have a, a fanzine. Could we do an interview with you guys? Sure, mate. You know, they, 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 come and they brought us beer. They took us over. They started talking to us for like 45 minutes and uh, they shot the shit with us. And, and, you know, if that hadn't happened, you know, if, I, if they hadn't like been like that, I don't know if I today would be as talkative and, you know, that way with people. Yeah. You know? It's like they, they just showed... You know, others. What's it supposed they to be? They showed their fans, like, uh, well, like I mean, real, that, like the real. Right, and that no one is really above anyone else, right. really, and it's okay. just you know, you're one of the yeah. But at 17 to have like you know, our idols, you know, like you just treat us the same as them. You know, mm -hmm. they would treat anyone else was just, it was just it, yeah, it, it was a whole mindset thing. For right, it was 
It was yeah. really cool. On a mats and foam, foam like what's on the wall right here. It's like but a big pile of trashy foam. He just passes out. I'm like, no, no. I wanted I mean, to no. I wanted to talk to him. Like to the point where we're thinking paramedics should yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I was, I was he was shaking. Like, he was like, 
I was shaking him. I was like, Rick, Rick, Rick. And like, I, I, was, I went and I talked to Scott, you know, who's kind of the head of the band there. I said, is he going to be able to play? Is he gonna... Yeah, yeah, he'll get up. He'll get up. And I, yeah, sure. Anyway, I went and I said, I'll, I'll talk. I got to go talk to him. I go, Rick, Rick, this is Cliff in the Freeze. Like, are you there? Are you alive? You know who I am? She you shake your head. Yeah. And I go, promise me you'll play? And he sticks his little, like, fist up like that. And then it's time to play. I said, Rick, come on, you got You promised me you'd play, you promised me you'd play. And he held up his hand, I, I had to help him up and stuff, and he stumbles towards the stage, and <laughs> just stumbles up like he's dead, and yeah, he's just standing there staring at the floor of the stage, not going on. I'm like, what, what are you doing, what do you need? He goes, he just reaches down and finds some random pick on the thing, right? And then he just looks over and grabs a guitar, and then Scott goes, you ready? And he goes, and then they cut the song off, and all of a sudden he's like, <laughs> he's like playing it was like, like this. this. And he's just like, yeah, oh, it's just incredible. I've never seen a punk guitar, any guitarist really just uh, start playing this octave stuff and playing over like this. And just like, it was incredible. But then, like, uh, the next time we played it, and a few dates later and stuff, he, uh, he was really, he was, he was on, he was on top of shit, and he was like, he was a really cool guy. Well, the cool, the, the funniest thing about it too, at the Burt oh, Robbins show, uh, right, 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 right. He breaks two he, strings, yeah, 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 yeah. right? He's up there rocking out. He's totally put on the I'm Rick Agnew, fucking owning it, yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He breaks two strings. Just doesn't see a backup, so he's like, decides, I'm done. And he just doesn't say anything, yeah. He, he doesn't say anything, just takes his guitar off, puts it down. And goes. Walks back and falls right back on that same mat. <laughs> and no one can get him up again. He was done. <laughs> he was done. That was it. My show's over. <laughs> and that was fine. That was that was a beautiful thing. Yeah, it, it was. was fucking great. Oh, God, man. that was hilarious. It was it, with that, so the pick yeah, that found was still stuck yeah. inside of his face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was laying down there like, covered sweaty as hell and he had like a fender heavy stuck right into his forehead <laughs>
newer stuff I'm talking about, like, you know, like, I, I look at Misery Loves Company and I, as the beginning of a, uh, a quartet of semi-concept albums, and that one was the one, like, you know, the, the we, you know, the criminal gets away, sort of, you know, the you know, crime, you know, victimless, of course, or whatever. Really <laughs> and, uh, you know, then, then it goes into Crawling yeah, Blind afterwards, <laughs> and that's sort of the addiction album, you know, and then after that, Freak Show is sort of the mental illness album, and it progresses into One False Move, which is the suicide-type album, and those areas there, you know, the addiction, mental illness, and suicide, are where, you know, I get people approaching me and saying, I, you know, I didn't, you know, thank you, because I can relate so much with what you've written. I, it makes me feel like I'm not alone in the world anymore, you know, and that, you know, someone else does understand where I'm at. And it's, you know, it's, it's a heavy, heavy, heavy thing for me. You know? Singles that were coming out, you know, 
and um, they had a label, Modern Method, and it was the only label in town. They put out just a few things, and anyway, they were pretty quick to uh, to pick up on uh, you know seeing the, every single show that like uh, the, you know the new hardcore bands were playing at would sell out, you know, 400, 500 people, you know, shows and stuff. So uh, you know, they asked all of us if we could go and record some songs and want to be on a comp and. And everyone was like, yeah, 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 except SST Control, who thought that uh, Modern Method was too corporate a label, even though they were a little, a little indie thing. So they they uh, they opted off of it, and which is fine with me because I hate them. But uh, anyway, um, uh, they, they, this is Boston, not LA. You know, I wrote that song, but and it, it was probably the most like. Uh, the title of it was never, it was, the song was never meant to be the title of an album. You know, right, right. so many people took it the wrong way, as if it was an anti-LA LA sound, you know. Sure, sure. As it, as it, a great marketing ploy. Yeah, right. You know, I mean, you know, create a competition kind of thing. Let's like, you know, whatever, let's, oh, well, oh, yeah, yeah, we're better than you are. No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Dick Licker, start it. saw like all the young bands that were forming um, 
look towards other places and would, you know, drive directly their look, their sound and stuff like that from, you know, like Black Flat or Minor Threat or this kind of thing, right? And so basically it was, I was just wrote it, it just, and that's why I even had a little kid say it in the middle because this is the, the message was supposed to be so simple that if you dance the same and dress the same, it won't be like you are the same. If you look the same and act the same, there'd be nothing you and you and you'd be You're blank. Right. This is Boston, not LA. You know, it's like, and you know, it's to this day, I remember about a month and a half ago, Metal Mike there from the Angry Samoans, you know, sent me a message, a uh, MySpace thing saying, uh, Hey, hey, what's up, Cliff? You freeze to do the you playing around. Yeah, you freeze were always one of my favorite bands from Boston. It's like, hey, tell me, what, what, was, what the fuck was up with that Boston, not LA shit? You know, we had some great bands out here, you know? Mike, I wrote the song. <laughs> yeah, I had to write back, you know, hey, no, take, no, take it like, please read into it, you know, a little bit, you know? It was never meant to be a uh, competitive thing, you know? My favorite bands at the time were from out there, you know? And, uh, you know, it was just. It's just a <coughs> marketing technique on modern methods part, you know. Because like that whole you know 
priest's fucking children thing. You know, I wrote that in 85. That really never became public until, you know, until I never even heard of that, really, until I, the Father Porter scandal shit came out in, like, 1992 or something like that. And, you know, people, you know, how did you come up with it? Well, it's, it's every, every organization has its core of rot in it somewhere, its corruptness, you know. And it's just that, there's, that's just how I came up. But it's just, it's just, it's weird how like it became such a big thing, you know, a few years later. A good friend of Cliff's wife, Marsha's house for uh, like an after Christmas thing, have drinks, whatever. And Cliff is taking like this monumentous dump, and I mean, he's like stomping his feet, he's screaming in pain. <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not your normal, it's not your normal thing. It's this house has wood floors in the basement, so every foot stomp is like echoing through the place. He's yelling. This goes on for 45 minutes, right? All for, all for nothing but a little pebble. <laughs> yeah. Hey. All for just a little pebble Wait, of a shit, get, right? Did I not get okay. it? Did I not a get little it pebble. So we fast forward and we get to Corinth <laughs> and we're discussing this pebble shit 45 minute painful experience that he just had and she has this tea right? <laughs> <Julie> <laughs> for him to, to help him out and he oh, does the tea the next day and he comes out and he goes man I had to jump off of that to finish the next day one cup of tea and all was well it's a shit glacier <laughs> exactly, exactly. Marshall's taking pictures of it He's calling you're, you're calling Marcia in to like hey check Look this, at this out. thing. <laughs> oh, and there wasn't a plunger either in the fucking bathroom. I'm so proud of you. That was you're, proud of you. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. Oh Cliffy, you did so good. <laughs> hey! Chorus! 
Three days. <laughs> three days. Literally three days. <laughs> three days. We were, we were, it was three days before we got back. As Joe's wife, uh, one of the guitar players we had before, his wife was <coughs> trying to find him because he was supposed to be at work two days ago. Me so and Chris sat in the bathroom at that uh, when we played that American Hardcore. That's what. Premiere. That's the night. Oh, all right. We, we, we sat there and we just traded drugs. Every fucking drug there was, we just fucking sat there and shoot and uh, smoking yeah. everything. And fucking do it completely. Got a blowjob. Another wasted t-shirt night. Three hundred pound chick. <laughs> it's real shit. It was gross. 